Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Um, this time we're going to take a look at the QB uh, market and specifically Lamar Jackson's lack of a contract. Lamar Jackson, right before the start of training camp, it uh, set a deadline of the first game of the regular season um, to get a new contract, or he was going to cut off negotiations. We are under a week before the uh, negotiations have to cut off. I put that as the Saturday night deadline because the uh, Ravens play the Jets to open the season on sep- Sunday, September 11th, so that would be I put it at uh, Saturday, September 10th, as um, what the actual deadline would be um, for him to sign a new contract. If he doesn't sign a new contract, then he's willing to play out the uh, year on his fully guaranteed 23.016 million fifth year option. Now, um, we started hearing a little news about where the negotiations were going uh, last Sunday. Uh, prior to a preseason game between the Ravens and the Cardinals, the Fox Sports NFL insider uh, Jay Glazer called it a uphill battle for Jackson to get a new deal done. He said that the Ravens had offered um, Jackson more than what Kyler Murray recently signed for with the uh, Cardinals. And as everyone assumes and I do myself, that the big sticking point is that Jackson wants for a guaranteed contract like uh, Deshaun Watson got in connection with his March trade from the Texans. Um, Watson, five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract. When he had four years, $436 million remaining on the extension he signed uh, with the Texans, averaging $39 million per year um, in September 2020. That was a four-year, $156 million extension, and Watson was going into the first year. This, this would have been the first new year of the extension, but that contract was ripped up and replaced with the fully guaranteed contract. Now, this Murray contract, uh, Murray had two years left on his contract. Um, he's going into fourth year of his rookie deal, then would have had a fifth-year option next year in 2023. Five years, 230.5 million, uh, 
dollar contract extension worth up to 238 million dollars and salary escalators for 146 for 46.1 million dollars is the new money average in negotiations over new money at the time it made Murray the second highest paid player in the league now there is 103.3 million that was fully guaranteed at signing that's second most ever fully guaranteed at signing NFL contract behind the the uh, um, Watson contract now, there's discrepancy on how much is the overall guarantee. It's being reported as $189.5 million as the overall guarantee, which would be second um, in the NFL. Um, I call it 160 because that's what was guaranteed for injury at signing and then could later become fully guaranteed. Now, to me, if we're going to treat this other $29.5 million, that becomes guaranteed at a later date, which isn't guaranteed for injury, and out of that, there's $10 million of a uh, fifth day of the league year um, roster bonus in 2026. Not guaranteed, can become fully guaranteed in 2025. And, is, and Mur- Murray's $19.5 million 2027 base salary becomes guaranteed um, fifth day of the 2026 league year. Now, if we're going to treat that as part of the guarantee, we got to be consistent and do the same for Josh Allen for the money, which is doesn't have an injury guarantee at all, but will later become fully guaranteed. It's completely unsecured, then moves. If we're going to do that, we got to do it for Josh Allen as well. Josh Allen had $150 million total guarantees. You start doing it for him, he's over $200 million. Um, by that standard, because he's got a $12.5 million um, base salary uh, in 2025 that becomes uh, um, fully guaranteed early. He also has $39 million in compensation in 2027 that becomes fully guaranteed in 2026. So if you're going to do that for him, you got to uh, do it for Murray, got to do it for Allen. And also for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had slightly under $142 million fully guaranteed, I mean, of total guarantees. And then you start getting into later years of his contract. You get to 2025, and there's nothing guaranteed for injury. But you start having money, which is completely unsecured, become uh, guaranteed a year early. For instance, 2025 uh, compensation. Uh, you've got $2.5 million base salary, uh, which becomes uh, fully guaranteed. The 2025 base salary becomes fully guaranteed in 2024. He's got a $38.9 million third day league year roster bonus, not guaranteed at all. Becomes fully guaranteed third day of the 2023 league year. Same thing in 2026. And in 2028, you got basically 41.5 of money. In in 2020 and 2025, you got basically 41.5 of money that's uh, guaranteed early. And then you got in 2028, you're getting close. You're getting like 59.5. So if we're going to do that whole game, where we're going to count money that's not fully guaranteed, then have any injury guarantee that become guaranteed. 
then Mahomes guarantee shouldn't be basically right under 142. It's going to be over 250. So that's why I say Murray's 160, but that's neither here nor there. But just my pet peeve on if we're going to treat Murray at 189.5, then we got to adjust how we're talking about the guarantee for Josh Allen and also Patrick Mahomes. Now, back to the matter at hand. Then on um, this is a Monday or Tuesday, Lamar Jackson did something interesting <laughs> to me. Took to Twitter to correct the record that there were fans talking about how the Ravens have offered Lamar fully guaranteed contract at $250 million, um, but he wants more. So he, he chimed in on the tweet. That's not true. That offered me $250 <laughs> fully guaranteed. Then started liking pictures of him in a Miami Dolphins jersey. There's no way Lamar Jackson hits the open market next year. He's from Miami. Uh, he'll get franchised um, if he doesn't get a deal done. Then we had another contract get done as well this week. That There was a deadline of midnight on September 1st that the uh, Broncos and Russell Wilson had set for him to get a contract extension. So, uh, he gets a deal done, which gets announced, I think it was Thursday morning, uh, where he signs, he had two years left on the contract for $24 million this year and $27 million next year, $51 million total. So, he signs a five-year extension, um, averaging $49 million per year. New money of uh, $245 million, $49 million average per year. Um, he's, under, so he's now under contract seven years for $96 million. Uh, the total, not with the negotiation was over. It was over the new money. And there's $124 million um, fully guaranteed at signing, which is the cash through the first three years, 2022, 2023, and 2024. Now, the reports were there's $165 in total guarantees, but from, I haven't seen the contract, so I can't verify it myself, but just going from a detailed breakdown that Mike Kliss um, from Nine News in Denver was first to report that there's 161, which is guaranteed for injury, that can turn into being fully guaranteed. 161 million guaranteed for injury at signing. Murray had 160 guaranteed for injury signing, which ultimately converts to fully guaranteed um, through 2025. Then there's in 2026, he's got a $40 million base salary of partial injury guarantees. So I don't know if it's 165, if you include the injury guarantee, or you also have these um, Allen Murray unsecured money, which becomes fully guaranteed, so it's really more than... 161 or 165 by the standard we're applying to Murray and nobody else. But to me, the interesting thing here is Russell Wilson did not get a fully guaranteed contract. And if Lamar Jackson's hanging his hat on a fully guaranteed contract, this deal does not help him at all in that regard. Um, And I thought Russell Wilson would be someone who could get a fully guaranteed contract if he decided to fully exploit his leverage. This is the first time Wilson is under contract for more than five years. He's done his uh, last two contract extensions 
um, with one year left and, and gave up four new years. So he'd be under contract for five total years. He is under contract for seven years because um, he had two years left and five new years. So that's seven total years. That was a departure um, as well in terms of uh, length of contract. Now, why did I think Russell Wilson could get a fully guaranteed contract? Well, a couple of reasons. One, when you give up the type of compensation that the uh, Broncos did to acquire Russell Wilson, you have a tremendous amount of leverage. Um, the Broncos got Wilson in a 2022 fourth-round pick from the Seahawks for multiple players. Tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, quarterback Drew Locke. Um, they also gave up 22 and 23 first-round picks, 2022 and 2023 second-round picks, and a 2022 fifth-round pick. That right there gives them a ton of leverage because they're not going to give up that type of draft capital on players to potentially see him walk out the door in 2024, that would be, when he would be a free agent. They'd stick a, they'd stick a franchise tag on him. But we saw that kind of happen last year with this former team, the Seahawks, that Jamal Adams dramatically reset the safety market because he went for more than two first-round picks and Brad Bradley McDougal, um, the Seahawks didn't get a deal done when it was signed, when he when the trade was made, and ultimately they had pressure to basically give him a much better deal than he probably deserved because of that dynamic. So you've got the draft capital acquisition cost dynamic, plus the Broncos were recently sold to the uh, Walton Penner Group. The uh, you got a new ownership, and you've got new ownership that is has deep pockets. <laughs> so that that's something which uh, helps in um, his favor. Rob Walton is the Walton in the Walton Penner Group. Rob Walton of the Walmart family. Rob Walton has an estimated net worth of sixty billion dollars. So. The big impediment to fully guaranteed contracts, this archaic funding rule that's in the CBA where teams have to put in escrow uh, the amount of money that is guaranteed beyond injury. That would be skill and cap guarantees um, for future guarantees. <laughs> that's not that's not a problem for the uh, new ownership. So first big deal for new ownership, acquisition costs. To me, should have set the table for Russell Wilson to get a fully guaranteed contract, and he didn't. That Russell Wilson, as I said earlier, does move the needle in terms of the amount fully guaranteed it's signing. He's now second at $124 million. Um, I'm calling him second in overall guarantees because, as I mentioned earlier, I disagree with how... Kyler Murray's being characterized at 189.5 million in total guarantees. So Wilson is either 161 or 165 based on the information we have. That would be second to me. 
a little bit of progress, but still. This is where Lamar Jackson, who doesn't have an agent, is negotiating himself, could probably use the sounding board of an agent. I'm assuming that there's somebody that is well-versed in NFL contracts who's operating as a consultant or an advisor in this whole process that either has experience from the team side or the agent side. Maybe there isn't, but I'm operating on the premise there might be. But this is where an agent would look at the situation and go, as owners are doing, that this Russell Wilson deal is an anomaly. Aberration, outlaw, not Russell Wilson, this Deshaun Jackson deals a aberration, outlier, anomaly. He's got a fully guaranteed contract. And that's what owners are, are pushing, holding the line on not giving out another fully guaranteed contract after Deshaun Watson. And we're not going to go that route. So I would start as an agent, and you as an agent, you work for the player. The player does not work for you, even though sometimes it seems to be that way. So you're supposed to execute your client's wishes. Start getting him to look at what would you be willing to live with or what could you be happy with that wasn't a fully guaranteed contract? That's where I'd start shifting it because we're starting to see a repeat of what happened in 2018. In 2018, Kirk Cousins got the first look at a fully guaranteed contract for a veteran player. And... That was through free agency. He played on two franchise tags with the Washington Commanders and then hit the open market in 2018 and signed a three-year, $84 million contract worth up to $90 million through incentives. And there was hope that the fully guaranteed contract would start to extend beyond him for veteran players, and it didn't. The next two guys up, Matt Ryan, became the first $30 million per year player in the NFL, had 100 million overall guarantees and 94.5 fully guaranteed signing, not fully guaranteed contract. Then you had um, Aaron Rodgers a couple months later um, become the highest paid player in the league at 33.5 million dollars per year, but not a fully guaranteed contract. And the momentum was done. Now, since uh, Deshaun Watson, we've had a couple of quarterbacks, Derek Carr for the Raiders was never getting a fully guaranteed contract. His contract is really light on guarantees because he was kind of doing that Tom Brady thing. I'm going to help the team um, not get what I should have gotten, at least from a guarantee standpoint. So we'll have the cash to sign a Hunter Renfro to an extension because there's a cash budget and a cap budget for each team. And, he, his contract extremely light on guarantees, so he wasn't getting a fully guaranteed contract. And I never thought Kyler Murray was getting a fully guaranteed contract either. Because the Bidwells, who own the Cardinals, are a cash-poor team uh, by NFL standards. Uh, Kyler Murray couldn't even get his signing bonus paid in a lump sum. He had close to $7 million deferred in the early part of 2020. Whereas Nick Bosa, who was taking the second pick right after him, got in a lump sum. Got a signing bonus in a lump sum. So if you can't pay Kyler Murray's signing bonus in a lump sum, 
there's no way you're going to be able to put the amount of money in escrow for there to be a fully guaranteed contract. So I didn't think he was going to get it. I was banking everything on Russell Wilson getting a fully guaranteed contract. Because I thought the circumstances were set up perfectly for him to get one either this year or next year. He said in a press conference he was more concerned of winning Super Bowls. And you can do that after you've gotten two paydays. His first contract extension in 2015, I think, made him either the second or third highest paid player in the league. And the contract extension he signed in 2019 um, for 30, average $35 million per year made him the highest paid player in the league. So he's already had two paydays. He's going on payday number three as a veteran player. So your priorities can, can shift. But the circumstances to me were set up for Russell Wilson to get a fully guaranteed contract and didn't. And I think this kind of closes the door on the fully guaranteed contracts for now. So if Lamar Jackson wants to get a deal done before the start of the regular season, he's got to shift gears and give up on the fully guaranteed contract. Uh, And then the question would become what, would make him, or from the agent, I'd be asking, I'd be kind of looking at, what would I want if I wasn't going to get the fully guaranteed contract? And and start looking at what concessions the Ravens would have to make. Because to me, I would play that up as, this is a monumental concession because you've been able to basically shut the door on fully guaranteed contracts. Other owners are going to love you, Steve Bishotti. So, if we're going to even go that route, non-fully guaranteed contract, assuming my client would be on board with it, then you're going to have to basically give me what I want in every other aspect of the contract. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So, what would these monumental concessions entail for the Ravens? Well, it it would relate to, first, length of contract, two, average per year, and overall guarantees, I'd have to be second. Um, Fully guaranteed at signing, I'd have to be second. And you've got to give me extremely player-friendly cash flow. Now... The alternative to not agreeing to the concessions, and there'd be some flexibility, not a lot, but a little flexibility, is we start playing the franchise tag game. And maybe that's where this thing ends up. Personally, I think it does, because I don't think Lamar is, is, is going to give up on the fully guaranteed contract, even though at this point in time, he's not getting one this year. I'd be shocked. But if you start looking at playing the franchise tag game, um... In the last 10 off-seasons, quarterbacks have been franchised five times. Cousins twice, 
Dak Prescott twice, even though he didn't play on the second tag, and got a deal done. And Drew Brees back in 2012. Four out of the five times, quarterback has gotten the exclusive franchise tag, not the non-exclusive tag. And maybe this is where uh, Lamar's being crazy like a fox with that Dolphins liking the Dolphins, the picture of him in a Dolphins uniform. Maybe that's the message he's sending. Okay, we don't get a deal done. You guys think you're going to stick a non-exclusive franchise tag on me? Come again. Because there's a difference between a non-exclusive and exclusive franchise tag. The um, non-exclusive franchise tag, besides how it's calculated, rights. The rights are different. The player can solicit an offer sheet from other teams, and if an offer sheet is signed that the uh, it doesn't match, the old team, which would be the Ravens in this case, get two first-round picks as compensation. Exclusive franchise tag, close negotiation, you can only talk to your own team. Now, the non-exclusive franchise tag is the average of the top five salaries, which has been amended, so it's this cap percentage average thing where you look back the previous five years and it's a percentage of the cap. It's going to be the franchise, the non-exclusive tag will be about 14.212% of the 2023 cap, which from what I've gathered might be in the $225 million range. So we're talking $32 million is a number and you can shop yourself. Makes the Ravens vulnerable to an offer sheet. Exclusive franchise tag, different calculation. It's the uh, average of top five quarterback salaries, which is basically cap numbers with some minor adjustments at the end of the 2023 restricted free agent signing period. That ends on the 21st, next um, April 21st. Now, I've got that number projecting to 45.248 million right now. And the numbers which will be going in would be Deshaun Watson's $54.993 million cap hit. Dak Prescott's at $49.13 million. Patrick Mahomes, $46,243,381. You're subtracting out his $550,000 workout bonus. Josh Allen at $39,272,281. Subtract out his $500,000 workout bonus. That, that's after you've subtracted it out. Those two numbers that I said, you've, I've already subtracted out the workout bonuses. And Ryan Tannehill at $36.6 million. Now, as soon as you put the franchise tag on someone, um, any restructures after that date don't count because these numbers are subject to change based on pay cuts, releases, new quarterback deals. But $45.248 million is what it projects to right now. So working off that number, you can get a 20% increase for a second franchise tag in 2024. $54,297,600. Third and final franchise tag in 2025, 144% more than the 2024 number. 44% increase. $78,188,544. When you get the third franchise tag, two cost prohibitive. So we're talking basically a little less than $100 million on two tags. So that already is going to get you above Russell Wilson's $49 million. And so... The two-tag thing is consistent with Russell Wilson is 49. That 49 should be the floor no matter what. Um, through the first four new years for Wilson, it's 48.75 million. That's the floor. But to me, if I'm going to abandon the quest for a fully guaranteed contract, I want to be the highest-paid player in the league. Right now, that's that's um, Aaron Rodgers. And 
Aaron Rodgers, once he decided he was going to return to Green Bay as opposed to trying to force himself um, out for trade in March, signed a deal to make him the first $50 million per year playing NFL. Um, it's a weird deal in the standpoint that you can't look at it at the new money because the new money is like, and that's how you look at most deals because it'd be like $62 million in the new money. And it's interesting from the standpoint that everyone looks at it as $150.815 million over three years. And there are two additional years which are well below his market value, so he's under contract for five years, but he would never play it those artificially low numbers. So it's considered a three-year deal at an average of $50,271,667. So got to be highest paid player in the league. Necessary. Now, Ravens have done that before. Joe Flacco, a decade ago, uh, decided to bet on himself, which is what I think will ultimately happen with Russell Wilson, betting on himself. Uh, Flacco looked like he was losing his bet and then played out of his mind in the 2012 playoffs. Ravens win Super Bowl 47. He turns into basically Joe Montana in the playoffs or Tom Brady and is able to briefly become the highest-paid player in the league. So there is a precedent for the Ravens making a quarterback the highest-paid player in the league, although he did have to win a Super Bowl to do it. Drew Brees was highest-paid player $20 million per year, and Flacco signs a six-year deal, $20.1 million average per year, highest-paid player. Now, they structured this contract in a way where he was going to have a huge cap number going into the fourth year. And they needed some cap relief. So, heading into uh, 2016, the fourth year, they had to extend his contract for three years. Aaron Rodgers had been the highest paid player, $22 million per year. The new money average in the three extension years, $22,133,333. So, they made Joe Flacco the highest paid player twice. And Flacco, slightly above average quarterback at best, that postseason run, which got him the Super Bowl, he never approached anything like that four-game stretch. Never a pro bowler, no all-pro honors. Lamar Jackson, greatest dual-threat quarterback in NFL history. MVP, 2019. Or I should say, yeah, 2019 was MVP year. Has performed at a higher level consistently than Flacco ever has. Only problem is only won one playoff game in Baltimore. So that's where they, the Ravens could push back. But... Uh, Flacco barely became the highest paid player each time. It was by less than 1% each time. So let's say you put Lamar at $50.5 million per year. Then that's going to be 0.45%. Less than 1%. It'd be 0.045%. 0.45%, I should say. More than Rodgers. Now, length of contract. I don't want a five-year deal. I know five-year extension. Murray and Wilson just served, signed five-year extensions. And they're under contract for seven because they got two years left. No, that's a no-go. We're going back to what the common link for high-end quarterback deals were before Patrick Mahomes signed the 10-year extension when he had two years left on his contract in 2020. Aaron Rodgers, 2018, four-year extension, become highest-paid player. We had uh, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, 
extend rookie contracts in 2019, four new years. Russell Wilson, his Seahawks contract in 2019, gave up four new years. Deshaun Watson, after uh, the Mahomes deal, the original contract with the uh, Texans, four new years. Dak Prescott, after he played on the one franchise tag, four new years. So, we'd be talking four-year extension, so I am under contract five years. 2022, 23, 24, 25, and 26. I don't want to do the five-year extension of Wilson or no flexibility on length the contract. I'd have some flexibility on the average more so than I would length the contract. Now, we're not going to have a fully guaranteed contract. Got to go really player-friendly in terms of cash flow. And if you look at the four-year contract extensions for quarterbacks, the one that had the best cash flow was Russell Wilson. I don't mean by sheer actual dollars. I look at the cash flow percentage. Percentage of new money through uh, each new year. If you look at Russell Wilson's, it's kind of insane to me uh, how great the cash flow was. He had 50.71% of his $140 million in new money earned by the end of the first new contract year. Then it goes 64.29% through the second and 81.43% through the third new contract year. Now, if you look at what the average is of these four-year extensions, you take off the $30 million per more that have been done, and by that, I mean you lump Wilson in there with Prescott, Rodgers, Wentz, Golf, the original um, Watson deal. The cash flow percentages after the first, second, and third new year would be 43.5%, basically 61 and 80.25. We got to top from a cash flow standpoint, Wilson. Now, that's something that the Ravens should be able to do. Because they've given an insane cash flow percentage to someone recently. For the start of the 2021 regular season, Mark Andrews signed a deal, a four-year extension, last year his rookie contract, like Lamar is right now, um, four-year extension. And made him the third highest paid tight end by average salary behind George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. But his it just sticks out like a sore thumb in terms of the cash flow percentage. There's nothing remotely close to it at the top of the tight end market. So you've done that with Mark Andrews, and you should be able to treat your franchise quarterback, who is the offense, better than you treat the best weapon in the passing game, Andrews, from a structural standpoint. So... What would this kind of look like? Well, the first two years have to be fully guaranteed. That's a given um, at signing. Um, so 2022 and 2023 be fully guaranteed signing. You need a portion um, 2024 and some portion of 2025, obviously guaranteed for injury at signing, and then would become fully guaranteed first few days of the 2023 league year. Not fully guaranteed at signing, but they're going to vest really early. They're going to come up a year early. And there'd be flexibility for the 2025 guarantee for it to become completely secure, depending upon the signing bonus. If you give me the largest signing bonus in NFL history, which right now is Dak Prescott at $66 million, 
then I don't necessarily need to have 2025, the guarantee of 2025, guarantee in 2023. I could wait for it to be guaranteed third day, fifth day of 2024 instead of the first few days of 20, the 2023 league year. Now, there'd be a no, no trade clause because that's pretty much standard with the top of the quarterback market that most of these guys have a no trade clause, so I'd have to have one of those. Now, the kicker is I would be insisting upon a clause preventing me from being franchise, given a franchise tag or transition tag when the contract expired at the end of the 2026 year. Now, among quarterbacks that are the 10 highest paid players in the league, it's rare. I'm not sure if Russell Wilson has a no franchise, no transition tag clause when his contract expires after 2028. He'll be basically 40 years old, so wouldn't necessarily... <laughs> how, valuable, how valuable is he going to be then, unless he's on that Tom Brady trajectory and he'd still have five good years left but only one who has one out of the 10 eyes paid quarterbacks excluding Wilson because that's the unknown one is Dak Prescott so I'd want that clause as well I'm not sure if that'd be a deal breaker but I'd be asking for it because that would give Lamar maximum leverage in any subsequent contract talks so there'd be pressure on the Ravens if he got a clause like that to um, get a deal done in 2026 entering the uh, contract year if you wanted to, if keeping him was going to be the goal. Because otherwise, he hits the market in 2027 and can bounce. So in sum, it would be four-year extension. I'd want 50.5 million as the average. So the new money total would be $202 million. Under contract for five years, $225.016 million. That includes the option year salary of this year. Now, if you have 2022 and 2023 um, fully guaranteed and you've got this accelerated player-friendly cash flow guaranteed at signing, then we're now going to be second because we're going to have $126.016 million fully guaranteed at signing. Um, Wilson is currently second at 124 million. Now, new money through the first new year. Um, I basically want to be right at about 51 percent. So that'd be 103 million of new money through the first new year, which would be 2023. Now, I don't really care how it would be structured as long as I got my security. Um, the Ravens have been a team which has specific structure they use for most of their highest highest paid players, which is a um, they give you a signing bonus and then they use an option bonus. They did that with Flacco a long time ago, but they've done it more recently with Ronnie Stanley, um, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, and Andrews. There's a signing bonus, then the second year there's an option bonus to exercise um, the op- pick an option for a later year. You got to pay. A bonus, which is prorated on the salary cap in a similar manner, a signing bonus. Um, so that's the structure, um, which would probably be used. Now, after the second new year, um, had to be like at about 130, 132 million. At 131 million, um, it, 
I have 64.85% of the new money, which is ahead of where Wilson is. And then, after the third new year, $165 million would put me ahead of Wilson, percentage-wise. Wilson, I'd be, it, I would be at, um, 61, at, at 81.68%, um, whereas Wilson's at 81.43%. Now, if I could get that no franchise tag clause, then I'm having my cake and eat it too. That, because through the first three New Year's, I'm at $55 million per year. Uh, if I had to, not sure if that'd be a deal breaker, but this is just the type of deal that I would be looking at as Lamar's agent if I was giving up on a fully guaranteed contract now. What do I think is going to happen? I don't think the Ravens and Lamar Jackson get a deal done. I think come a week from now, when the Ravens are just about to open the regular season against the Jets, Lamar Jackson is going to be playing on the fifth-year option. And then we're going to get into this franchise tag game next year where he's most likely going to get the exclusive tag. Um, I don't think there's any circumstance where they don't put a franchise tag on him. Let's say Lamar has a mediocre year. Then maybe you go the non-exclusive tag of $32 million, or what's going to be right around $32 million. But in all likelihood, it's, it's the uh, non-exclusive tag. And if Lamar is dead set on a fully guaranteed contract, he's probably going to have to at least play out the 2023 season on a tag before he gets it because then the pressure in 2024 would be we better give him what he wants or he can walk so the earliest he could get a fully guaranteed contract would be in 2024 now if he got to the open market where he played on two tags made basically 100 million and can stay healthy and that's one of the things people have been talking about that it's a huge risk for Lamar to play the franchise tag game yeah, there's a huge risk of injury in a collision, not contact sport. But And I know his running ability is makes him unique. But we did see Dak Prescott suffer a pretty gruesome ankle injury um, during the early part of the year when he was playing on a $31.409 million franchise tag. Didn't stop him from getting... A deal making him the second $40 million per year quarterback in the NFL. So if Lamar is comfortable with the injury risk and is willing to play the franchise tag game, I think he gets fully guaranteed contract either in 2024. If he hits the open market, he will definitely get it. If Cousins, who is not the same caliber of quarterback, and don't get me wrong, Cousins, above average quarterback, I think right pieces around him, you can win. Um, but if he can get a fully guaranteed contract, Lamar definitely gets one in 2025. We'll see where this thing's go. This thing goes, but um, if he had an agent, I think there'd be a better shot of getting a deal done because the agent would probably, with the client's approval, or would be able to show the client that the fully guaranteed contract's not going to happen and quantify the risk better than not having an agent of going year to year. And it would have to be something along the lines of what I've been discussing and proposing. Uh, otherwise, I would just go, you know what? Play on the play, go play out it, play with the contract, and we'll go from there. But 
Well, that's going to be this week's Inside the Cap. Uh, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my CBSSports.com column, Agent State. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.